You're going to love this episode with Audrey Holst. We talked about you're not perfect and here's how to deal with it. We also talked about three, maybe four things we need to really look at when we try to be perfectionists. Noticing, action, integrate, and discernment. Check it out. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves, Jr., and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you, and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unstoppable. Today's guest is Audrey Holst. She is the president, CEO, founder of Fortitude and Flow. Now, you're really going to love this program because this this episode is for is for perfectionists like us. <laughs> and she's an expert in that area of of on uh, how we torture ourselves trying to be perfect in every way. Audrey, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really psyched for this conversation. And so am I. And it's been a long time coming. We were just discussing off air before I hit record that, you know, we were supposed to do this a few weeks ago, but you know, as good as technology is, stuff still happens, but we're here. Even technology isn't perfect. No, it's not. It's not. Audrey, tell us how you got started and and how you got started. Then I'm going to dive into what you do. Yeah, totally. So the uh, I'll take you on the shortest journey possible, which is I've been working with uh, I've been working with high performers my entire life, actually. So I started working with high performing horses. I used to work with horses that were coming off the racetrack and, really? and coming into yeah regular just lesson life. So I was working with high energy A type animal personalities, <laughs> and then I moved into the uh, realm of humans, where I was teaching a very uh, specific yoga for uh, more than 17 years that really attracted a a type personality of practitioner people were really intense it was a hot intense yoga people loved it okay and from that uh i was actually somebody told me during one of my classes that i should become a coach and i had no idea what a coach was and as soon as i looked it up i was like you are right i should become a coach and so that was the beginning of that journey and so i've been kind of had this thread of high performing high energy animals to humans my entire life. And that's just my vibe. So here we well, are today. Uh, let me, here's the million dollar question. Who's easier to work with the horses or humans? <laughs> I think, I think we know the answer. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. It's not the humans. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. So thanks for being on the program and I, and um, thanks for being here and, and really helping us. Where does that mindset you think come from? Why, why in this era, this age that we live in, why do we feel like we have to be perfect in every way. And we know we're not going to be perfect in every way. Right. And that's one of the things that's really interesting to talk about around perfectionism is because cognitively, like we know, and that's, that comes up in conversation over and over again. So I did over 60 hours of interviews with perfectionists who just, who, who I asked to tell their stories, right? Tell me about your experience with perfectionism, some common threads throughout everybody. People can follow it all the way back to their being younger right? Having some sort of thread of experience, maybe not having the words for perfectionism, but the experience of perfectionism when they're younger school, school exacerbates it. Because if you think about it, right, you got this one shot 
you get a grade. You don't get a chance to say, oh yeah, now I want to learn and see how I can do better on that test. No, you get the yeah. one grade on the test and then we move on. Right. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. school exacerbates that. And if you don't get the A, you're not a good student. The world, there's a permanent record that I've never seen. The, right, exactly. the, the world is going to throw you away if you're not perfect in your grades. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then right. Certain ways of behaving in school get certain accolades and certain, you know, other ways yeah. don't. Um, and, and just that the, the general, uh, you know, growing up in our families are certain dynamics that happen that kind of bring us up through that often. And then as we get older, right, there's, there's, uh, there are so many things, especially in modern day society that are, that are teaching us that there's a very particular way to be. If we're looking at people on media, like our, even our media is so curated. People talk about social media all the time. It's very curated front of what people's lives are. And it's, lies and deceit. It's not the truth, but we internalize that through our nervous systems as this is what's going on and what's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's designed that way. I think it's purposely designed and I don't know why, you know, it started with advertising years ago, you know, always, um, advertising that we needed a product. I didn't know I needed it until you told me I needed it. Right. I didn't, I didn't know I needed it until I found out it existed. I don't know how we ever lived without it. Um, and so all of these conditioners, and I get it, and it starts at an early age. Is that what you're saying? It starts in the school years. It starts at home. We as parents, we naturally want our children to do better. And so if we feel like we need to be perfect, my God, the pressure we put on our children. Yeah. And there are studies that are showing now that these generations coming up, the perfectionism, right? We'd be thinking there's, there's some thoughts to make, oh, great. Like, you know, these next generations are just going to get it right. They're going to get it better. And actually the next generations coming up are more anxious and more depressed than previous generations orienting towards this level of perfectionism. And you you wonder why everybody needs therapy. And the therapy is not a bad thing, but but you, you wonder why, how at eight years old, do you even know the term stressed out? Right. Anxiety and depression at such a young age. It's yeah, like, this eight. is not, I was outside riding bikes. I didn't, I, I, how do you know now at eight years, I was climbing trees and our society's conditioned. So, so how do you deal? What is the first thing? I, okay. Someone comes to you. Um, let, let's start with a younger age first, and then we'll move into adulthood. I don't know if you work with children, but let's, let's just start around middle school. You know, are you coaching any of them? I have to be perfect. I have to, I'm less than I've trying hard and I'm getting C's and D's and I'm trying hard, but I'm being made to feel less than because I'm not an A student like my brother. Right. Right. Well, I'm, I'm teaching that, you know, I'm coaching the adults who have the children. Right. So I'm kind of working on that. So what, what do you say to mom and dad who puts that on the kid? Right. Well, a lot of it is, is the orientation, right? What are we oriented toward? Cause yeah. that's the whole thing, right? If we're, if we're trying to be perfect, okay, well, let's, let's, let's look at that. Like, what are we orienting toward? What's the, what's the, the end goal and, and what are we, what's the behavior on the pursuit to that end goal? Because that's one of those things that comes up in conversations, the, the differentiation between excellence and perfectionism, right? What's the difference? They yeah, look kind of similar, yeah, right? Yeah. But a lot of it is the impact on the person and the process that they go through themselves, right? If there is this personal, like, if I don't hit this goal, then there's something fundamentally messed up about me. That's a problem. 
right? Yeah, yeah. If we are yeah. if we are going towards a goal and we're working hard and we've got our support and we're doing the best we can and we don't hit that so you know again we don't hit that goal whatever that means. If we can say, okay, like I've learned something, I've I've grown, I tried this, it didn't work, and I'm still ready to just go on to the next, that's a very different thing. Perfectionists often don't even go towards the goals because they're afraid they can't, or if they wow. do hit it, now they've got a new level, right? That happens with perfectionism too, is they hit that goal, and now it's in their head, it's like, well, I gotta, I gotta surpass that next time, which is yeah. a level of pressure, which is unsustainable. So you're saying that there's a difference between operating in excellence and trying to be a perfectionist. That's exactly um, right. You know, doing the best I can and 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 giving it all I got. That's operating in excellence. And yeah. I may I may fumble along the way. Um, I like what you said that a, a perfectionist may not even try. Yeah. Yep. So so where does it end? Where does it stop? And I'm I'm asking this for my perfectionist. So you hit the mark. You're a perfectionist, and you hit the mark. Where does it stop? Does it ever stop for them? It for often, you. yeah, it often doesn't. And that becomes the issue. Like a lot of people, I, a lot of clients come to me because they're like, I've got the successful career. I've got the yeah. family. I've got the, right. All the things that I've been working so hard towards. Like when I look on paper, it's there, I've got it. Yeah. And I thought I would arrive and feel differently. And I still feel this compulsion, this like, I got to do it. I got to get it right. Right. It's, it hasn't changed. So now what, right? That's that's the biggest thing. Uh, perfectionism has gotten people where they are, but it's not going to get them where they want to go, right? At a certain point, it hits its ceiling and it's not going to get you to that satisfaction or relaxation or people want to find that peace and perfectionism yeah. is not going to create that. And, and that's a danger zone because now we start picking up bad habits and vices and all sorts of things. So what do you tell them? When, when they come to you and they say, listen, Aubrey, I've got it all. I'm, I, but I, I saw fortitude and flow. And I, I really, I'm the guy that has it all. I got the corner office. I got everything I worked for, but something's missing or, or it's, it's, I want more and more and more. You know, what, how, how can you help deprogram? If I'm that guy, how can you depro, how can you help deprogram me? How can you get me started on the right path? What do we do? Right. Right. The biggest thing is just starting to, we, we break things down to basics, which is actually really frustrating for perfectionists because they want complicated <laughs> tools. They want things that like have a 20 step process to them, right? It's gotta be, they want it to be like a big thing. Yeah. And we're going to break it down to the most tiny basics at the very basic, right? Perfectionism is a bit of a survival mechanism. It's the survival mechanism that kicked in when we were younger. It's a tuning of our nervous system towards a certain way. So if we want to change that, we got to bring it back down to the basics, which is just starting to notice that you've got something, this huge, amazing world that is actually doing a lot of work from the neck down. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the ways we are taught is often that, okay, if you can get your mind right, the body will follow. Well, honestly, if we can notice what's happening in the body, often that's the way it works. The wow. mind will then follow. Okay. All right. All right. I see that. I understand that. Now I, you know, before we came on, you know, I, I went to your LinkedIn and, and saw fortitude and flow and you, you put something up about 15 minutes ago. And, and mm -hmm. I said, wow, we can, I kind of need to jump into this. You talked about our body loves efficiency. And uh, the first statement is, is, this is why we're so uncomfortable to change emotional habits. Dive into that a little bit. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's completely true. Right. And it makes sense. If our, our body is efficient, 
And it would make sense for your body to want to be efficient. Like we want to use the least amount of energy to go through our day as possible. Mm -hmm. And this is the same for our, our, like any groove that we get into. This can be a habitual groove of actions that we do when you just kind of, you know, you have that same routine where you go downstairs and like, you don't think about brushing your teeth probably, right? right? You just, you can like read something and brush your teeth at the same time. And yet the teeth brushing is happening. Same thing happens with, with basically our sort of emotional orientation, which is one of those things that happens with perfectionists where there's that kind of drive that's happening in the background all the time and to be gentle towards ourselves. And and all this, I'm speaking as, as, as a, as a reformed, constantly reforming perfectionist myself, right? I'm not one of these people who is, you know, preaching from the hilltop going like, I've had this figured out my entire life. No, this is a lifetime practice myself too. Right. So things like guilt, right. And this comes up a lot when people start to try to change habits. Oh my gosh, I feel so guilty. It's one of the first things out of their mouths. It's like, yeah, that's normal. Right. That's normal. Guilt is normal, right? That's, that's the programmed response based on conditioning, based on past behavior. And now that we're trying to do something different, that guilt is going to be really loud because that's the efficient groove. Okay. So to start training something different is really uncomfortable. And those grooves tend to get louder, right? The guilt's like, Hey, no, no, no. The efficiency is over here. And so when we're trying to work our way out of that, it can be really tough in the beginning. And, And we want to get out of that so quickly you know, without giving it time, with, without, yeah. without giving us uh, ourselves time to change the behavior, argue with ourselves. I mean, it's, it's, you know, when I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a gym rat. All right. So I do, I hit the gym all the time and I switch my gym time to very early in the morning, mm. 4 30, 4 o'clock. Ooh, did my, did my body like you. it? At, yeah. Yeah. Did it like it at first? No, it was, it was fine with going at 11. AM. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I had to work more efficiently with my day and I knew I had to get that in there. Um, there are, there are, I still argue with myself sometimes when that feet, when that alarm goes off and them feet hit the floor at four o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but if you do it long enough, now, if I skip a day, then I won't, I won't feel efficient anymore. I, I feel it's reversed. Now I feel guilty if I don't go. <laughs> right. Now you've got to prove. Now yeah. I'm still going to go. But if I go at in the afternoon, I'm going to be upset with myself that I didn't go at 4 a.m. Right. This is a right. weird thing going on. But right. I, I, I totally get it. Just saying. So when we every time we create new actions, um, uh, uh, new habits, and replace the old one with the new at the same time, I, I'm a big advocate of um, you just don't throw out an old habit. You have to replace it with something. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. immediately. Um, I'm also, th- I also feel that way about thoughts. Um, you can have a bad thought and you want to, yeah, I got to remove that thought, immediately replace it with, with, a, with, a, with a, a positive thought, immediately replace it, immediately yeah. replace it. Because the moment you say, I always say change the channel. The moment, I don't know if it's like this for you, but the moment you say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not, what do you end up doing? Doing it and saying it. Right. And that's, and the not, right. The brain doesn't process the not. So you have to do the the two, right. What is it that we're going to do? And, and the thought thing is it's, this is a really great thing that you're bringing up, right. Is changing the thoughts for some people. And I'm one of these people, I can't, when I try to like work on the thought level, it doesn't work for me. I don't have the, the way my brain works is like, if I try to replace the thought, it doesn't really work. I have to, for me, I'm a very kinesthetic. Again, it's that body centeredness for me. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to tune into the, 
how am I feeling? What's the sensation? What is the, what is the overall, what's my system like? Okay. And what am I focusing on? Where's my focus? Where's my concentration? Am I putting all my focus on that intensity in my chest or that, you know, that, that uneasiness in my stomach? Is there something else that's present here? Is there already calm in my system? Is there already chill in my system? Can I put my attentions there? Right. So, uh, so depending on where your brain how your brain processes stuff. You might go to a thought level. You might go to a body level. You might go to an imagery level, right? Yeah. There's different ways we can change those channels depending on how we're built. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's hard for a, a perfectionist for all you. Perf okay. Watch this. So I want to be really, is there, is there a, is there a way or is there a, is there a, um, is it possible to just want to be a perfectionist in a certain area of your, see, there's a difference in a certain area of your life. I think there's a difference in wanting to do your best. That's and 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 then wanting to be a perfectionist. Is it possible to want to be a perfectionist in one area and really doesn't really matter? Or or once if you're a perfectionist in one area, you are a closet perfectionist in every area. Well, that's this is such a good point. So it's <laughs> I've had conversations with people who are like, well, I'm not really a perfectionist because I don't do perfectionism perfectly. And it's like, okay, they're like, you know, my desk is really messy. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Great. Right. Yeah. right. There's, yeah, there, there's total possibility that you can have a very specific idea about certain things in your life and other things are, you know, just kind of doing their thing. No big deal. Yeah. We all have those fixations that we have on the things that we feel have to be perfect in order for things to be right. And again, it's like some, often at a very cellular, like deep level where, okay, I got to get this perfect for a safety aspect. Or I got to get this perfect for a belonging aspect. It's often socially oriented, which is why changing perfectionism in the context of other people is really helpful to change those grooves by working with a coach or, or being with people around you that encourage yeah. that behavior that you want to change. Yeah. And I think perfectionists need to know that they worry about perfection more than other people who have hired them or who have them in their space. Like I, I know humans are humans. We mess up. We, we drop the ball. Um, you know, and, and I, I think I have to tell the perfectionists around me it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that makes a big deal, right? That makes yeah. a big deal. And that, that happens a lot in, you know, in our spaces with scheduling or, or, oh, I've forgotten. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Or people get really, you know, upset about that sort of stuff. And I think that as, as we treat people differently and give them permission to be human, it makes a big difference on how people can show up and how they feel about, you know, yeah. not getting everything perfect all the time. Yeah. There is professionalism. There is excellence, but we, we, we don't have to I don't have to be perfect in every way. And you don't have to beat yourself up. And that's the thing. Right. That's the, that's the training that has to, that, that happens is that beating yourself up level. Yeah. 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 You have here, you have here too. You talked about doing what's doable. Let, yes. let's, let's talk about that. Doing mm -hmm. what's doable. What would you, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you coax a perfectionist to say, wait a minute, let's just do what's doable in little, don't in little steps. Right. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the gym analogy, which I use in the post, which I think is such a good one. I know you've mentioned this in your, right. What you, you talk about sometimes is like, yeah. okay, if, if you want to do a, if you want to do a push up and you are not strong enough to do a push up, just trying to do a push up over and over and over again, 
does not allow you to do a push-up, right? You right. have to start at what is actually, what is the muscle capable of? What is your body actually capable of? Maybe yeah. you're starting from your knees. Maybe you're starting from a countertop, right? What yeah. is the, yeah. how can you prep the body? Again, it's nervous system, right? You got it. The body has to orient to what is safe. Your nervous system has to decide that this is a movement it's capable of. And then the body goes, oh, okay, well, this is like a new information. This is, this is, I'm going to start tying this into what's possible in the sure. physical realm, right? Sure. Same thing happens with any sort of habit. You know, people get to, okay, well, like I really want to start meditating. So I'm just going to start meditating like 20 minutes a day, every <laughs> single day. Yeah. Okay. And I'll be talking to people. Okay. Well, what's your, like, what's the goal on the meditation, right? Like, what are you hoping to get out of it? And they'll be, you know, they'll be talking about their goals. Okay. Well, I want to be able to, you know, have more peace in my, I just want to be able to, you know, be peaceful all the time or this or that. And sometimes 20 minutes of meditation isn't even it. Sometimes these are people who cannot sit still for more than two minutes. There's yeah, no way yeah. they're going to sit and for let me, 20 and minutes. Let me interject too. Yeah. Meditations work. Yes, it is. Meditations work. Yes. How many if you sat down to meditate and man, did I leave the oven on? Yeah, I mean, meditations work. Right. Yeah. And so for some people sitting is not even the start. I'll say they're going to go for a walk and they're just going to try to pay attention to what it feels like to be on a walk yeah. because they don't have, they're not there at the sitting in stillness piece. And then they start to get interested in this sitting a little bit more. Okay. Like I've done yeah. the moving around thing, but yeah. again, it's like, what is doable? What's already in your life, right? Like sometimes yeah. it's not building in a new habit. Sometimes it's like, what can we just integrate into what already exists? Yeah. 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 I like that. I, I like that. What already exists in my life. There's a, a story and I know you've probably heard it. It talked about, uh, it's called acres of diamonds, mm. acres of, of diamonds. And it, um, and it was, it's, it's old. It, it goes way back, but it talked about a, a man who was, um, um, was, was given a, a farm, uh, 40 acres and a mule. And, and he was, he was tilling his ground and it was rocky and it was horrible. He couldn't stand it, but he heard of diamonds over in the motherland Africa. So he goes to Africa and he invests all his time trying to find diamonds, didn't find a blessed thing. But meanwhile, the guy who bought his farm, while he was cultivating his farm that he bought from him, the rocks that he thought were rocks ended up to, ended up being a diamond field, ended up oh, being man. acres and acres of diamonds. And what the story brings us to is stop looking elsewhere. Stop looking for greener pastures when, when you have inside of you, inside of you, all around you, you have acres and acres of diamonds if you work it right. Yeah. If you do what's doable, if, yes. if, if you work it right. I, I was telling my team today, so you got to stop. Don't look at greener pastures because somebody's looking at the pasture you're in. Yeah. <laughs> always, yeah. always. That's yeah. always yeah. The, the case. Somebody's looking at your posture going, it looks pretty good over there. Yeah. So I, I love what you said. Do what you can. I'm not going to sit and meditate like the Dalai Lama. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do that. But I can yeah. do what I can do in my pasture until I grow to that in my acreage of diamonds until I, until I, I grow to that. I mean, I love what you're doing and, and, um, I, I love how, how you are making it, uh, you're telling perfectionists, it's okay. You, none of us are perfect. And you're going to stay up at night all night long trying to be perfect. <laughs> I, I, yep. I love that. So talk to us about your company. Talk to us about, about your company. Yeah. 
So fortitude and flow, um, the, the origin actually of fortitude and flow was just the concept of none of these things can exist without the other. We can't have stillness without movement, right? The body, even when there's stillness, there's always movement happening. Even when there's strength, there's movement happening. So there's, there are these, these things that are always, we, there's no like arrival point where like, okay, now everything is handled and nothing moves again. It's right here. It's in my tight fist. No, there is always this ebb and flow. There's this fortitude that we are always required to step into. And there's this flow that comes from that. So that is the, the origin of the name. Um, and again, the, the, the origin of the work I do comes from a lot of the yoga and the mindfulness and the movement that I've done for, for 17 plus years. Um, and the work that I do with clients is around this, the, the framework that I use, which is noticing discernment, action, and integration in that order, right? You got it. A lot of people, right. They want to do the perfectionist two-step. Yeah. The the perfectionist two-step is see it, get it right. Right. See it, nail it. Right. It's very reactionary. Yeah. Slow it down. When I first start working with people, the first thing I start, have them start doing is noticing, which makes them nuts because they're like, well, when are we going to get to the work? Right. Like, when are we going to fix this thing? Sure. 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 We got it. We don't have enough information. You've only been yeah. noticing what you've been noticing on the surface. Let's start noticing environment, physicality, your day, just practicing. Noticing is a hugely transformational thing. And I just love when people get in there. So that is the, the, the principles that we work through and then spread out from there. So it's noticing. What are the three principles? Yep. So noticing is the first one. Yeah discernment is the second one, because once we notice, well, well, now what do we do with that information? Now we got to practice I'm some writing discernment. These down. I'm yeah. <laughs> We've got to practice no- some discernment. Noticing discernment. Discernment. And then we go to action and we talk about action. It's exactly what we talked about previously. It's small, doable, experimental action. Cause that's the thing with perfectionists too, is often the action they take has to be exactly right. Or they don't take any action at all. Well, it's experimental. You're not, you're not, committed to this for the rest of your life. We're going to try it this time. And then you got to integrate. Integration is things have changed. We got to reflect. We got to see what happened. We got to evaluate whether that was helpful or not helpful. And who am I now? Every time you take action, every time you do something, you have shifted, right? Something has changed. So we got to integrate it. Of course. And you know, if I think what we kind of deduced and what I've deduced from this is being a perfectionist will definitely keep you from reaching your full potential. And and it'll keep you from reaching and from servicing and for doing for others. It definitely keep you from being who you were called to be and purpose to be. Mm -hmm. I think this, this mindset of being a perfectionist is a dangerous, it sounds good, but it's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. hundred percent. And I wrote down noticing, discernment, action, and integrate. Now, for those listening, how can they link up with you? Where can they find you? They're, they're st- they, they, they love what we talked about. They're still struggling with it. They want to go further with you. Tell us how to get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with all of the, the research that I did on perfectionists, I actually identified five archetypes of the perfectionist. So okay. if you go to, Fort- to fortitudeandflow.com slash perfectionist, you can get the guide on the free archi- on the five archetypes. It's a free guide. And then I'm also just like, just like Ralph just said, I am on LinkedIn and I'm pro- I uh, post regularly tips and, and perspectives that can be really helpful if you are in that perfectionist camp. So Audrey Holst on LinkedIn, come find Follow me. Follow her, 
find yeah. her, communicate yeah. with her, you yes. know, and you might, you might not think you're a perfectionist. Go ahead and look at the five archetypes. I mean, you might be, you know, or you, you might see something starting to creep up in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. And let me ask you this too. And let me say this. I think perfectionists expect everyone around them to be perfect. Mm. Is that, is, do, do you see a lot of that? It's a, it's a bit of a combination. There's certain, um, the, the sort of classic archetype often, yeah. often has that high expectation for others. Um, and some of them don't, some of them, it's really just self in, it's more of a self-inflicted expectation. Okay. They don't have it on others. So it does depend on the, the per, on your personality. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah because we got to be kind to one another. We have to oh, show please. grace. We have to show grace <laughs> and that, that's that, you know, when you're a leader and, and I know I, I have people who lead companies, listen to this podcast, you know, we want things to be right, but we have to be careful that we don't require perfection because we ourselves are not. Mm-hmm. Human and human, humanity and compassion are, are really important things to keep at the forefront of our, of our considerations for now ourselves you, and others. You, Amen. You, you said the beginning at, at the beginning of this, that you worked with horses, the horses pick this up faster than we do, don't they? Oh, so much faster. <laughs> <laughs> so much faster, as long as there's consistency and they, you know, there's that consistency. And again, happens with humans too, but consistency yeah. is what changes those grooves. Yeah. Audrey, thank and you. Kindness. For, yeah, kindness. Exactly. Thank you for your time. Thank you for taking out this 34, 35 minutes, 40 minutes with us and just giving us some insight on on perfectionism, the dangers of it, being careful to see it um, in ourselves. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys, reach out to her, reach out to her, find her, work with her. You know, this, this podcast is about leadership. It's about building and growing. Now I got one last question for you. Mm-hmm. One last question for you. If you had uh, access, so if you were able to put a billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be? And what would it say? Okay. So I'm going to go with a flying billboard. I want to go with one of those, one of those billboards that like planes drag across, you know, you're sitting on the beach, you see those planes. All right. It's going to be, it's going to be a little bit long. It's going to be a little bit long, but it's going to be perfect. Perfectionism has gotten you where you are, but it's not going to get you where you want to go. I love that. It's gotten you where you are but it cannot take you where you want to go. That's it. Thanks for being on this program with us, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unstoppable. Again, reach out to my guest, my new friend, Audrey Host. You find her on LinkedIn. Uh, you go to her website, Fortitude and Flow. And let's work this thing out. But most of all, let's be unstoppable together. Until next time, bye-bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this Unstoppable conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the Unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week, I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. 
If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.